back to the Evolve Stylist Podcast. I'm your host, Sarai Spear, joined by uh, her friend, Rebecca Taylor. <laughs> it's Rebecca fucking Taylor. Thank you so much. My middle name. You're welcome. <laughs> Hello, friend. How are you? I'm fantastic. Um, it always feels weird. Should we talk about this? It always feels weird filming a, or doing a couple in a row. Like, same as 45 minutes ago. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Stop asking me that, you dumb bunny. <laughs> no, I, I actually am better um, even than when you asked me the last time because we just had a really sick conversation. So hopefully the listeners just caught the podcast before this one and you guys are binging the shit out of us because we're having a good time. I hope you guys are having a good time. Um, we just, I'll speak for Sarai too. It's, we're just really grateful and appreciative of you guys tuning into this and it's been fun as hell for me and How's it been for you, Sarai? Yeah, I'm sitting here nodding my head. I know y'all can't see, but yeah, I love this. I mean, it's just, you know, these are conversations that our industry needs to hear that we are willing to have. You know, we we started this podcast because you and I have great conversations, period, full stop. And we're funny as fuck. Um, we're not afraid to go to gnarly places. We're not afraid to talk about shit. And so this is just, I don't know, I feel lighter even mm -hmm. just being able to have these conversations and, and talk about shit that can be really heavy. It can be really weird. And not just that, but like how we've done this, how we've overcome these things, these challenges in our lives. And I'm really excited about today's episode because this is something that we have both experienced probably multiple times. We're going to be talking about burnout, overwhelm, how to come back from burnout, because it is possible. So how many times have you experienced burnout in your career? Well, let's define, let's, let's have you, I'm not talking about Webster, like how would you define burnout? And then I'll tell you, cause I think everybody's definition might be a little different. Mine now is like a soft little pansy pants compared to my burnout back in the day. I had a threshold of like mm -hmm. burn crispy. So like, what would you define? How would you define burnout? So burnout for me is a constant state of physical, emotional, spiritual. Um, how do I, I think you're on the right path that I was really feel, I was <laughs> feeling burnt out. Emotional, spiritual, I would say exhaustion. Yeah. And then there's a difference between tired and exhaustion right? I think the burnout is that constant prolonged state of exhaustion. I would agree. And, it, and it's all the ways you said too, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, all the things. Um, I would 100% agree with your definition of, of burnout and add when I got burnout, I was just um, resentful about everything and everyone, about everything I said, every everything. Just resented going to work. I resented having to come home and drive and take the trash out and fucking brush my teeth in the morning, go to work again. It was like this cycle of just resentment for just being. Um, that is very much how I experienced burnout. Also, that my nervous system was in a constant state of just like, fuck, 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 you know, like just, um, and yeah, that's how I experienced burnout. And it, it was a, a common occurrence. And when I would be burnout, when I would hit that, I then would, um, this is going to kind of like echo last episode. 
I would burn things down. I would say, fuck it. I would get a mad case of the fuck it's and just be like, um, something needs to change and it would need to be everything. Like I would sabotage like work. I would call in for multiple days. I would lie about illnesses. I would, I would just say, fuck it all, you know, at that point. Cause my threshold for burnout was got to be pretty good. Cause I just kind of lived in overwhelm. Yep. And uh, we can talk to you in a minute about like the difference between overwhelm and burnout and what both mean to you. Um, yeah. So like, it'd be like overwhelm and then burnout and then fuck it all. And then mm. all right for like a minute, overwhelmed all the time, burnout, fuck it all. That was my pattern. Yep. And um, <laughs> when, when it was the couple, like the small brief period of like, everything's all right. I'd like hardcore get shit done. Like, okay, I'm using air quotes, hardcore get shit done. Like be, I'm going to talk about energetics in a minute. It might mean something for everybody, but just like hardcore masculine energy, like go work, go dominate. Trauma response is masculine. Yeah. 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 I mean, I still feel like I have a lot of masculine energy, but I know when now to pump my brakes on it and be more in my feminine and go with the flow. But back then it was like, might as well. Maybe that's why I like the mustache filter so much. Like, I feel like I just was in my masculine energy 24 seven. And then uh, I would just like get shit done and then only to be overwhelmed again and burn out and then have to rebuild. And it was just like this fucking horrible cycle of, and I know now um, it was all fear-based and the fear was from traumatic events. And we've talked about this too. It's like, well, if the money falls off, then it'll quickly go from like where I'm at now and that constant state of hustle and blah, blah, blah to lose all my money in my bank account, be kicked out on the street, you know, be a lady pushing a cart. Like that was, that was what was going to happen. Like no doubt about it. If I relaxed. Um, so yeah, that sucked. That was like a constant state of fuckery for my nervous system. And that's my definition of burnout. <laughs> yeah. Legit as fuck. So overwhelm to me is that temporary. It is where you're, you're stressed, right? Or you're, you're just inundated, overwhelmed with all these tasks and responsibilities, but that feeling ends. Mm -hmm. So burnout is when it's constant. And again, you, you start to become resentful. I became resentful. Um, you know, yesterday I was, I was overwhelmed. I started looking at, I have this, um, task app that I use with my, my integrator and my team. And I'm like, holy fuck, I just completed two projects and there are six more. Like, when the fuck does this end? But it was like, in the moment, I'm stressed. So I could actually pull myself out of out of that space, out of my head and be like, okay, cool. But like, look at all the fucking shit you've done. That to me is overwhelmed when it's like that temporary stressful moment, but it doesn't last. Mm -hmm. And you can see the bigger picture of things. You don't allow that overwhelm to turn into ruminating about it 24 seven. You don't allow that overwhelm to turn into that chronic state of stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you feel about overwhelm? I would agree. I feel like we have stressful days. That's human. That's, that's just being a human in today's society, you know, whether or not, let's say you're a shut in completely and you don't even really leave the house. So you don't have those external um, 
stimulation type things to stress you out you have family you have what you see on social media you have the dog puking and throwing up everywhere you have to be <laughs> somewhere at a certain time you have stress right I feel like overwhelm is multiple stressful days in a row and you're like come on you know and it's like you don't know the things to do necessarily or you don't you know them and you don't implement them but you don't at that point know how to observe like all right I'm having a um I'm starting to become overwhelmed I need to either block chunks of time off for me to fully lean into self-care and for me if I get seriously overwhelmed um then I'll do breath work to somatically like release the stress that's kind of piling on I will share with people I can trust um my partner my friends I will share because I am I am the worst at fucking up idioms and sayings, but like, this is the gist. Um, you share your stress and you cut it in half, right? So I'm like, and then you're sharing the stress with people you can trust. It's not like you're going to the grocery store lady and be like, dude, fucking A, this morning, <laughs> you don't want to lay that stuff on them. You, I ask people, I'm like, do you have the space for this? So I'm just like, Burr. and uh, sometimes I want solutions. Sometimes I just want to, and this past week, I was overwhelmed because my schedule was stacked in preparation for leaving the country back to back. Like I'm going to Montreal for a minute for work, come home for a short amount of time, and then I go to Thailand. I'm not bitching about any of this stuff. But circumstantially, I was just back to back to back to back in my studio and then coaching work and whatever. And it just shook out to me not having all the time that I was used to. Um, but then I just found little pockets. I'm like you know double down in the morning with my meditation like find little pockets go hardcore all my free time in nature my my happy places in nature so mm -hmm. um that's just where I was I knew I was getting there because I got home on Friday after a long day and I was telling my Chris is my partner I was like fucking fuck I was just like getting to that place I was like god damn no good reason I was just like other than the fact that I was just like spread a little thin and I was starting to feel like, Ooh, and I was like, thanks for just letting me get that out. And like, he knows very seldom do I want solutions <laughs> from, you know, like if I'm in that space, I'm just like, like, I don't even know, like the Tasmanian devil for like two seconds. I might be making it more, more insane than it actually was. I just was like, God damn it. You know, just a little moment. And then the next morning I woke up a little earlier, sleeping in ain't the answer for me. I'm like, no. I'm not getting shit done nope. um, sleeping in. So like, I actually woke up earlier did some work that required, it was deadline type shit. I knew I had to do it. You can't avoid life again. So I did that shit right off the rip, did my meditation, did some breath work. And then I went with my homie to the woods and cold plunged and just did nature shit and stayed off social media. And I'm like, what overwhelm? Who even is she? We don't know her. And I'm packing a day for Montreal and I'm doing this with you. And I feel like I'm in a really good headspace. So the difference is, uh my system now is like calibrated to know when I'm it's like this meter y'all can't see it but I'm just like kind of emulating like a, a gauge or a meter it's like when I feel it's starting to get too overwhelmed or like in the space of overwhelm like nope do all your things because I'll be damned if I ever get to burnout again like yeah. I might come home bitching to Chris but I'm not going to be resentful like there's a difference between being salty and a little angry than being resentful and yeah. you can I'm sure speak to all that but how are you with overwhelm because you just said you had some when you had more tasks like piling on you're like god bless america yeah i uh i think because i have experienced burnout 
a couple different times in my career. Um, and this, this last round took me no joke, a year to come back from, mm -hmm. I can recognize the signs earlier now where, you know, I put off tasks, which does no good because they're still going to be there. You know, I have a tendency to bury my head, which we talked about in the last episode will not be fucking happening anymore. Um, so I'm able to recognize, okay, I'm short. I'm, I'm starting to get angry. I'm sorry. I'm like, okay, wh what do I need to do? I need to take a day. Do I need to take a couple hours? Like being able to just recognize overwhelm, like stress versus overwhelm versus burnout. Because if I don't address them, it will go from stress to overwhelm and overwhelm will turn into burnout, you know, and, and I don't want to experience burnout again. I've experienced it. I would say two major, major times in my life where in my career, where I just, I couldn't take it anymore. And the, the thought of having to do hair again or deal with people or anything just made me want to punch things. You know, I was so deep and dark and fucking lost that I just won't, I won't allow myself to, to get there because this last time, dude, I literally have been in burnout for a year and I didn't recognize it. I can see it now. Cause I'm not there. You know, I might have overwhelmed. I might have stressful days, but it took me so long to come back from it. So how many, how many major times have you experienced burnout and how long did it take you to get back to it before we get into like how to overcome it? Like, yeah, what's your experience? Well, I just wrote something down when you were kind of describing, um, like your gnarly burnout and you've had a few of them. I was trying to think back to, like I said, I, I lived there often. And so my burnouts weren't, it was just function. I was functioning. I wasn't like really thriving in any way. It's just, I would get to the point of being completely burnout and then getting a case of the fuck it's canceling, like whatever. Um, and then dealing with the repercussions. And that would happen a lot when I owned my salon and I lived in Florida because I was, I'm the boss, you know, like, okay, can't get, get completely physically and ill, physically and mentally ill. And just like, fuck it, you cancel everybody. And then you deal with the repercussions. And it's like this vicious cycle, this cyclical thing of never dealing with your shit. But if I'm, I'm looking back and I'm being like, okay, when did I ever have like full, like, and I would even classify this as a mental breakdown. This was yeah. a breakdown. A like, I like to call those a menti B. Yeah, that was a, a menti, menti B, B for sure. Like everything I, and I wrote this down too, burnout or mental breakdown or nervous breakdown. It's just a bunch of compiled un treated unresolved stress it's just stress 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 and then those little things add up and before you know it mine was um i think the biggest you know like stressor of all was the cherry on the fucking top was covid and having a business closed down and and like hemorrhaging just the rent alone on our business in west hollywood was like twelve thousand dollars a month and we were closed like forced to be closed for seven months of 2020. So every month, 12,000, 12,000, 12. And that's not even our apartment rent, which was 4,000. So it was like almost 20,000 making very little income that finally, and then just abusing the shit out of Xanax because my nervous system was just jacked. Just like, I mean, I was not that finally, I was not functioning. Everything before I was like functioning, you know, I was still able to show up and do all this shit. 
And meanwhile, I'll, you know, as all this like functioning, I'm using air quotes, functioning burnout was existing. I was doing insane things like flying to Dubai for 12 hours to do a distributor meeting that didn't do anything. I mean, I don't even know the point of it looking back. I mean, it was with my color line, but like crazy shit like that. So 24 hours, a really asinine reason to be there, 24 hours back, and then just like go into the next thing and another trip and another trip and another trip. And I'm just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. So for years, did I not have a full mentee B nervous breakdown? And when I finally did, that's when I was so physically dependent on anxiety meds that I ended up in treatment. And I finally had to address everything. And how long did it take me to fully recover from that? I was fortunate in that when I got out of treatment in December of 2020, that it was still pandemic times. So things were still slow. And I was able to like heal and kind of take a hiatus like from the worst of it. And I would say fully back in my shit, um, not even fully, like, I guess, I don't know, finding the new healthy me and getting a groove back a year after the ment TB that led me to treatment. And it just keeps getting better now. It just keeps getting better and better. And I think that's why I'm so acutely aware of, okay, stress is overwhelm. Overwhelm is burnout. Don't even get to burnout because you sure as hell are not going to get to a full nervous breakdown. So now I'm very vigilant of it because I never want to be there again, ever. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, our body is telling us the whole time, something's wrong, something's wrong, deal with these things. And we just keep going. And, and, you know, you said high functioning burnout. I, I think I was there for seven years. Like I, from the minute I got sober until my mentee B, I worked 80, a hundred hours. I was traveling all over the country and out just like you. I mean, this just insane. And I was like, people would praise my work ethic, which kept me going. And I, I didn't realize at the time I'm like, oh, this is just like, this is the path. This is what I do. Right. But when I finally did have my, my breakdown last year, I, I got to a point where it was like, I either check myself into some sort of institution or this is it. I call life quits. Like I'm just, I'm done. And not in the, you know, I'm going to blow my brains out suicide. I just, I was done. Like, I just, I didn't want to do anything anymore. I, I couldn't keep going the way I was going. And I knew things had to change, but I let it build up. And I made all these excuses for years. This is my work ethic. I have to hustle hard. I have to grind hard. I need to be somebody, make something of myself and, and yada, yada. And then it, it got me to the point where I was in the hospital multiple times a year with pneumonia. Um, I have chronic bronchitis, you know, I was constantly getting sick and I was doing the same thing that, that you did where I was like calling in and, you know, rescheduling people and, and meetings and things, but then they built up and I never dealt with it. And it's just this terrible, it's a terrible place to be, you know? Mm -hmm. And so how, what are some of the things that once you realized, okay, I'm in burnout, like I got, I got to get back. What are some of the things that have helped you get back? And I, I know it's taken a while. So don't think that this is going to happen overnight. People, if you get to burnout, it's going to take a hot second. You said it took a year. I said it took a year. What are some things that helped you along the way? Um, along the way. Well, like I said, I was really privileged in that it wasn't, I, well, I think part of it was privileged because of the time and what was going on just like globally. It's like, it wasn't 
all right, right back to it. Work, 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 like you used, used to know. So I was, yeah, that was a privileged moment, I guess, for me. But even if I had to go back to work hard and heavy, I think I would have taken the hiatus to really just focus on, I mean, it's just as simple as I had to learn and regulate my full nervous system again for the first, maybe for the first time, I don't even know, ever? maybe first time ever. <laughs> yeah, because shit started happening to me when I was really, really young with just like fear and like I was a cave child, you know, just like saber tooth tiger, I was like not really, but that's the way my nervous system was. So I really had to, I chose to and it's just a choice. You full on have to make the choice to do this. I keep saying like, oh, I'm grateful, privileged. I fucking did this and it was yeah. really difficult. So I really, really started doing a lot of like breath work and mindfulness shit. And when I felt a whole lot of stress and anxiety, because again, I'm newly sober, there's no popping a Xanax, there's no glass of wine, there's nothing to get outside of yourself. It is just me and me and the committee of dum-dums sometimes in your head. I don't want to say that. But, you know, at that time when you're going through a hard time, it's all this like, um, it's crazy up there. It's crazy up in your dome. You know, all these voices telling you this, that, or the other. So in order to quiet all that and my nervous system and my thoughts, just I really learned as much as I could about um, being present and mindfulness. And just that was the beginning of my healing journey. And it took the basics for me to really zero in on what does overwhelm feel like? Like I had to learn myself. Um, I had to learn myself maybe for the first time ever, especially as an adult. And so once I did that, now um, there are things that I learned with Natalie, our coach, our mutual back in the day coach. Like she really put me on and we worked on an exercise about core values. And it's just kind of a blueprint for how you want to live and operate. And so if I start feeling overwhelmed now, like for instance, this past week, I, oh, what are my core values? I know what those are. Um, we could go into a whole nother podcast. I'm not going to go into that, but like I tap back into that. I kind of inventory what my values are. Like if I'm stressed out right now, what are the stressors? Um, is there ways for, are there ways for me to alleviate those stresses? Um, and then also I go real hard then with my boundaries, like my personal boundaries, my relational boundaries, business, like all my boundaries, I make sure those are in place, not rigid to where I'm like, I'm not talking to fucking anybody to build my shit, <laughs> but just, uh, but just like check in with my boundaries, my values, it's just a full assessment. You know, like your car is acting a little wonky. You take it to the place. They run a diagnostic on it. I am very fortunate. And I mean, I don't know if people, uh, I don't know if this is common to be able to be this tapped into yourself, but I feel like I fucking acutely know myself now um and have to witness certain things without judgment and whatever but i like do a assessment of what's going on like how am i out reacting to people how am i reacting to situations what can i tweak what can i change do i need time off blah 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 blah, blah. so i just like take that time do an assessment a little quick inventory adjust when needed and then that's how i don't get to burn out that's how i can live in the space of overwhelm and uh, use all these resources and tools that I know you and I both geek out on. And because we do, because they work. <laughs> we, we're excited about them and we shout the shit from the rooftops because the shit, if we can go from 
how we were, which I know we have a lot of similarities in this way too. Like you were talking about hustling and grinding and, you know, just unhealthy things to be in these zend out motherfuckers that we are now. If these tools didn't work, we wouldn't be preaching from the fucking rafters. Do you preach from the rafters? Whatever. Um, I do. I do. On, on Saturday nights, just so you know. <laughs> like a bat. I'm just like picturing like bats up there doing whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. So um, how do you like... How do you, what do you do? I mean, it's, it's similar. I, I hate to admit this, but I will. I used to think I was, um, smart, emotionally intelligent, self-aware. And then I went to treatment in February of 2023 for my eating disorder And that's when I really realized, you know, I was at the point of burnout. It was, you know, float down a river or go to treatment. And so I I went to treatment and I had to face myself. And that's one of the hardest things that, that you'll ever do when you get so honest with yourself and you just, you splay it open for the fucking everybody to see. I realized, I thought I was so together and I was emotionally stunted. Um, I didn't have coping skills. Like when I came home from treatment, I had 10 coping skills that I wrote then put them on my fridge. They're actually still there to this day, just as a reminder of how far I've come because I don't need that list anymore. You know, I would get so freaked out in treatment. I was like, this, I can't do this. This is bullshit. I want to go home. And so like box breathing, you know, and then box breathing became um, being mindful, being mindful became, you know, so it was like this, this domino effect. But when I really got honest with myself about the overwhelm, about the burnout, about the stage I was at in my life, that's when I could start to make changes. And, you know, one of, one of the things that I, I talk about often is micro changes. It's, it's not these big sweeping changes that, that make the difference. It's that consistent small change. You know, it's that making your bed in the morning, it's, you know, doing a gratitude practice. And what that does is it sets you up for more behaviors like that. Right. So when I was in treatment, I started, um, I I had to be off my phone. And so I had to figure out something to do with my fucking time because they won't let you have your phone in there. And so I, started a gratitude practice. It was like three things you're grateful for and why. And then I was like, oh shit, even in this, what I called hell hole, I was locked in a building with 12 fucking strangers. Right. Um, I was able to, there were some mornings where I was like, I, I guess I'm grateful for my breath. Like I can't think of anything else. You know, I'm grateful for my feet that move me. I'm grateful for my hands that have given me a beautiful career. That gratitude turned into this habit, this pattern, this behavior. And I didn't know I was rewiring my brain. So for me, it's these, it's these little things, you know, and the the gratitude led to breath work and breath work led to yoga. And for me, yoga led to yoga teacher training, which led to this incredible self-discovery journey. And so I've been able to slowly over the last year, integrate tools into my life that when I am feeling that overwhelmed, I can hand on belly, hand on heart, four rounds of box breathing right the fuck now, Sarai. Like that's how I know I can get back into my body because my entire life I've spent running from my body. I've spent running from my brain, right? I've always thought there was something wrong with me inherently. 
I was different. I operated differently. So I was flawed. I was wrong. I was trying to escape my body. I was trying to escape my brain. Hence all the addictions. When really there's nothing wrong with my body. There's nothing wrong with my brain. I wasn't given the tools. I wasn't given the tools at a young age, like so many of us for, for whatever reason, whether it's through, you know, family trauma or things that happen outside of the family unit. I didn't have the tools to be able to self-soothe myself. You know, a baby, when they cry, the adult picks them up. They try to figure out what's wrong. Do they need a poopy diaper change? Do they need food? Do they need love? I was that baby. I couldn't tell people what I needed. And I didn't know. I just knew I didn't feel right. And so I started making dumb decisions and, and just operating at the level that I, I was constantly at. And then it's like when I went to treatment, this baby became a toddler. And suddenly this toddler could say, wah, wah. <laughs> Well, you might not understand what that means, but you get a general idea, bitch is thirsty, right? And so I went from being this emotionally unintelligent, emotionally deregulated baby into a toddler. I would say I'm probably in somewhere in my adolescence. You know, what I say makes sense, but I'm probably going to give you some fucking attitude with it. Um, but it's it's been a journey. It's been a process of me, like you said, tapping into that and reaching out and reading books. One of the things that I love to do is I love to listen to podcasts. I love to listen to audiobooks. I love to read. You know, um, I turned you on to The Mountain Is You. Don Bradley turned me on to that. Um, this Is How You Heal. Um, Think Like a Monk. All of these books that have helped me transform my life from overwhelm, burnout, holy fucking shit into, okay, I can fucking do this. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a, a long answer. No, it was good. I was into all of it. A couple things um, that you said there that I would like to like distill down even more and see what you think about. Well, first of all, books all day, every day. I'm like, I'll, I'll know. I'm like, okay, do I not need to? I want my mind to be mushy this morning. So I'll listen to music and I'll just vibe or whatever. But most of the time when I'm driving around, I'm listening to an audiobook. I never did that shit. If you Same. see back here, I had like four bookshelves back in the day, full of books, didn't read a one. Um, now most of those are read and I have a version on audiobook. I felt like by osmosis, self-help was going to just rub off on me. Um, I'm like, I just want them in my space. I, it looks cool or whatever. But now I fucking actually like listen to books and read them and I'm like go figure they will make you more emotionally or just in general more intelligent go figure books do that I don't know why it took me this <laughs> yeah but I'm the same like I love like filling my time and my mind with like something enriching and also knowing when I need to pull back and just goof you know sometimes it isn't about just like healing and wanted, wanting to tweak this or make this better self-improvement rah 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 and like I'll just watch some bullshit reality show and listen to metal or whatever I mean it's just it just depends on where I'm at and what I need and I feel like um you talked about it with what your inner child needed and we could do a whole another separate podcast on inner child work reparenting like that changed my life that a hundred percent changed my life because you don't, you're not in control of the cards you get dealt as a youngster. Um, your parents are, were only as equipped as they were, you know, and then it's up to us moving forward and uh, to do the things. And sometimes that requires you to reparent yourself at different ages that 
shit maybe happened or limiting beliefs started or self-worth issues started. The amount of times I've talked to a little baby or kid picture or adolescent picture of myself and, you know, it's, it's a lot. We could go, we could go in on that. Um, but yeah, inner child work is good. It's deep work. It is not just like Wednesday before work, you listen to yeah. a new. It's like take a weekend, pack a lunch. Inner child work is fucking serious shit. I liken it to EMDR. Like I, I've with a practitioner, with like a therapist, I've done EMDR. Um, and that's good for what it is. It's processing or whatever. When I do inner child work on my own by myself, like there's a period of time afterwards that you just need to just be, you know, and it's kind of an emotional, whatever it is, hangover the next day. So like, it's deep, but God, do you feel good after you've worked on something and the vulnerability of all that is so amazing. So those were the two things that, um, really, I don't know what the other thing was, but definitely no, the books, the books for sure. And then the inner child work and reparenting, like little night and day, different life-changing shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're some enlightened cunts. <laughs> we really fucking are. I love it. I mean, you know, I think, um, I think I'm one of the episodes coming up. I think that you should share your story and I think I should share my story. That might be two separate episodes, you know, for people who are maybe listening and don't know, I mean, you've heard us talk about our addiction and our, our past, but you know, we both came from, from shit like everybody else and shit happened along the way. And, turned us into the people we are, but the difference of people like you and I and, and our listeners is we want to be better, right? We want to do better than, than what we were doing before, you know, breaking these generational curses, um, you know, not stepping into the same shoes that maybe our parents stepped into. We want better for ourselves. We want better for our people, for our world. And I think that's really cool because doing this shit can suck ass balls. This shit. What even are those? Ass balls? Don't yeah. Google it. Don't Google image it. Um, <laughs> oh, like a butt plug type thing, right? No, I'm just kidding. I just like okay. to say, I like to make up words together. <laughs> Ass balls. Um, uh, no, but it's, it is like you, you said, I had all these books and I thought I could learn by osmosis. Same dude. I, again, I thought I was so fucking aware. I thought I was so evolved. <laughs> no, bitch. I was unaware. I was unevolved. And then when I really started putting in the work, so it's the work is the shit that nobody sees. The work is you getting up an hour early to read, to meditate, to work out, to pull cards, to just sit in silence, to get in touch with yourself, to journal. The work is instead of you blowing up, you taking a deep breath and going, not today. We're going to go breathe. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to go walk. That's the work. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because nobody sees that. We don't get applause for it. We don't get kudos for it. But when we're working to the point of burnout and we're outputting things, oh my God, how do you do all this? This is amazing. Well, no wonder we keep on that train, right? We're getting praise. Our inner child, our adolescent is going, fuck yeah, they love me. They want me. But when we start to do the work and we really turn inside ourselves, we don't get the praise. Now we might down the road, but in the moment it's like, fuck, I'm doing all this work and like, I'm not getting praise, but I was getting praise and I was in hustle culture and I was fucking burnt out. But this is the shit, these little micro changes, that's the shit that lasts and adds up. Because if you look back, Rebecca, at 
a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, you're not the same bitch. Mm-mm. No, by any stretch. Big way. Oh, I keep scratching the mic. In a big way, I think when you kept saying like I'm not getting the praise, and I feel like maybe one of the biggest ways I've changed is I don't want the fucking praise, especially for that. If I know how I am in my moments of solitude and I'm fine just with myself, like completely disconnected. Um, and then none of it's about validation. Like I don't need the, the pellet, you know, I don't need the dopamine hit of somebody telling me good job or not, because I know the good job. I know just being in my own skin and in my own head with my own thoughts is the fucking reward. Like it's not outside. I don't give a shit, <laughs> you know, like sometimes I share parts of myself um, and some of the discoveries and the work that I do a lot, sometimes a lot, you know what I mean? Like when I'm in the mood to, when I know I need to for like coaching and things like that, but in general, I don't care. And if I do, um, share, like if I'm out in nature or whatever, to be honest, I was thinking yesterday, I'm like, why did I even film that? I was out in nature and I was definitely present, but then I chose to film certain bits of it. I'm sharing it because I find it beautiful and maybe some other people will find it beautiful too. Cause it's fucking nature. And if you don't, something's wrong with you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to be judgy. That's definitely something I'm working on is like internal judgment, which I know comes from me judging myself. And so I know all this shit. So I catch it and blah, blah, blah. But like, um, yeah, so when I share certain stuff, it's for two reasons, because I'm working on some heavy shit that I know would be per- pertinent in like the coaching space. And so I want to document it in that way. Or I think it's beautiful. I don't care if somebody comments, responds, hearts it. I don't give a flying turd in the sky. It's for me. I love it. And um, I think that's one of the biggest ways I've changed is um, social media has a way of it's just our culture. It's the society. It's culture, the validation piece to that and I had gotten sucked completely up and into it and uh, a lot of my worth hinged on how well things did or didn't do um and I'd be lying if I said that didn't affect me sometimes you know especially my work posts you know because like oh I take a lot of pride in that and I know the metrics have uh, like a business relationship and things I need to work on is just business or whatever. But like my personal stuff, I post my healing, my growth. I'm like, that's for me, if I'm being honest. And I know, um, I know how it's affecting me. It just makes me a better human. Like makes me a better friend, makes me a better partner, makes me a better worker. So the validation is just that I'm becoming better and I don't need a like, I don't need a heart. I don't need a reshare for any of that shit. Um, yeah, that's another whole episode of social media and the mind fuck that that can be. I'm for sure. I'm so, I just love these conversations. I always leave feeling lighter. I'm like, yes, this is, this is stuff that's hard to talk about, or it can get weird or people don't want to admit. And like, you know, we just had a really honest conversation about burnout and overwhelm and, and, you know, dipped our toe into inner child and social media validation. Like, yeah, but this is the stuff that matters Mm -hmm. now hair shit. Yes. Hair education, absolutely technical business, all that shit matters. But as you and I found out, we had all the technical skills, right? We had amazing technical skills. We didn't have emotional regulation skills. We didn't have any of this stuff. And it got us to a point where thank God, we were able to get these tools. We were able to tap into ourselves instead of saying, fuck it, leaving the industry, burning shit down. We took our burnout. We took that constant state of overwhelm and 
we got coping mechanisms, we got mm -hmm. tools. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful that we get this platform to share with people because I know there are people out there listening like, fuck dude, I'm grinding 24 seven. I'm about to fucking lose my marbles. And you don't have to get to that point. You don't. I, I highly suggest you don't, honestly. it's It takes a while to come back from. Mm -hmm. I'm, I needed to go through every single step of my journey, just as you did, Rebecca, so that we can have these conversations so that we can share with people. We can turn our lives around, go from this hustle bunny motherfucker, having zero self-worth. Our self-worth is tied into what we're producing to bitch. I don't give a fuck if you like me. I'm gonna post this. Cause I like this, like, you know, and I'm going to do my fucking breath work. I'm going to do my gratitude and you can either come with me or you can get the fuck out of here. Like, I don't care. You know, an incredible journey, an incredible journey. We've both been on friend. I love it. I love, I love our stories. I love that we're able to share that we have platforms to be able to share. I love that we both equally geek out on this. And I don't know about you and the way you've experienced, like thinking about the future, but in the last couple of years, I've been more excited about it than fearful. I'm just like, well, if I'm capable of this, what more am I capable of? If I got through this extremely hard, gnarly situation or experience, not saying like universe, hand me some shit, but what else can I overcome? You know what I mean? It's just very liberating. It's very exciting. It feels very much like we are the creators of um, a lot of different things instead of just it. I mean, I don't know. I feel very liberated and excited about what's possible because we finally were able to implement these tools or believe them. you can believe in them first, you know, you have to believe they can work and then see how they do work. And then it's just really exciting. I'm, I'm excited, more excited than I am. Like, fuck, what's going to happen. That's how it used to be in the past. Like, shit, I gotta do this or that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a, it's a fun yeah. ride. Fun ride. It is. It is. Rebecca, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank just you. being open, being honest, being vulnerable. I think this is such a good conversation and such a good topic. I agree. I'm so excited. You know, what's funny is like, we didn't, um, we came on this zoom and you know, we were ready to record and I, we didn't have any, we didn't talk about this before no. and it just came out and it just no. is perfect. And this is, um, one of my favorite things to do now is this podcast with you and Same. Uh, I love it. And I think we're going to have a good Sunday and I hope all of you guys listening, um, have a good, whatever day this comes out. Good weekend too. What are we going to do, Sarai? What do we do at the end of every podcast? We put a pen in it and we circle back. <laughs> See y'all next time. <laughs>